Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul is thirsty, Lord. My soul thirsts this morning. Lord, I thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, for this grace to come into your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the breaking of the day. The sun is rising this morning. I can see it. Lord, I know that you are faithful. You are faithful to keep your word. You are faithful to keep your promise. And so this morning, Lord, I say be glorified. Be glorified as the covenant-keeping God. Be glorified as the God who watches over his word to perform them. Lord, receive all the praise this morning in the precious name of Jesus. This morning, Lord, I join all your people. We join the host of heaven to worship you as the one, only one who is holy, as the only one who is worthy of praise this morning. We declare, Lord, be glorified. We declare this morning, be glorified. Thank you, precious Lord. As we come into your presence this morning, we have come to learn, Father. We have come, Lord, to be blessed in your presence. Lord, we have come just to hear you speak to our hearts. We ask this morning that in our time here, reading the word, Lord, you will bless us. You will speak to our hearts and you will cause your name alone to be glorified. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to everyone joining in. Whatever time it is you are listening to this, uh, God bless you. I am Murphy Eye Nike sharing devotion with you. We continue our reading of the book of Psalms. Currently, we are on the second book of the book of Psalms. And if you have noticed, you would have realized the majority of the Psalms were written by the sons of Korah. Yes, the sons of Korah. Even though the Bible does not tell us their names specifically, but we know that Korah was one of the of the sub-tribe of, of Levi. Okay? So, um, today we will be reading from Psalm 46 down to Psalm 50. Five wonderful, wonderful Psalms. In um, I think this stretch of Psalms, you have a lot of songs. I'm sure you already have seen a few of them. Uh, a lot of songs, songs written by Don Moen, songs written by by Ron Kinoli. Many songs, 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 songs written by you know uh, the one, uh, the psalmist of our own, Nathaniel Bassi. You know, so many songs written here. And I would just challenge you that, look, as you read uh, today and as you read all through the day, listening to this, uh, let the song come from your heart to God. All right, let's start from Psalm 46. This is a psalm written when, you know, you are trusting for help, trusting from help for help from God, trusting God for refuge, for God to be become your place of refuge. Uh, this is for the choir director, a song of the descendants of Korah to be sung by soprano voices. It says that God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of troubles. So one of the, <clears throat> one of the 
beauties of reading the Bible from a different version is that gradually it will force you to think about verses that you you've always you know them already that yes you will say that god is our refuge and our strength you know you know is a ever-present help in the in times of trouble but when you read from another version then you realize that ever presence means always ready hmm, yes so it gives you a different understanding god is god is an always ready help god is ever present help present with strength for us present with with grace for us especially in times of troubles when i say trouble now i know that someone is thinking about getting in trouble no i'm talking about any time that you need help and that help can be right there in the maybe in school you are a student that help can be maybe you are right there in the office you are having an assignment that is proving difficult for you to do that help can just be something you need in your marriage god is our refuge and strength okay always ready always ready to help everyone who calls on him receives help from him he says so Verse 2, so we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. We will not fear when, you know, challenges come, when, you know, things come and people are telling us, you know, be afraid. Ah, hey, this is coming. The heavens are going to fall. The heavens are not going to fall because God is still sitting on the throne. He says, so we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the water surges. It says, A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. So because God dwells in that city, remember, listen, you are you and I are the cities of the living God. I'm sure for those of us who know this particular verse of Psalm, you will immediately, you know, remember that song by Don Moen. There is a river whose streams may glad the city of God, the city of God. Yes, so it is right from this Psalm that 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 Domwen wrote that song. You can write your own song this morning. But you see what Domwen was trying to say that is that because the most high dwells in that city, you can be guaranteed that it is protected. Because the most high is in you, Christ in us, the Bible says, is the hope of glory. Christ in us, the Bible says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You see, because God dwells inside of you, I'm telling you this morning, you can have that assurance inside you that I will be protected, that I will be preserved. I will be preserved from anything that comes. Verse 6 says that the nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's army is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. I remember I wrote I wrote a song, you know, from this verse, verse 7. The Lord of heaven's army is here. He is here. The God of Israel. 
the Lord of Heaven's army is here. He is here. He's our fortress. Wow. Beautiful song. Right here from the Psalms. This particular chapter 46, you can write a lot of song. Verse 8 says, Come see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes worlds to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. So in my own time and work with God, and I'm telling you, it's been uh, this many wonderful, wonderful many years of working with this God. But in this time of working with him, this is what I have learned from God. You see, if I ever want to see God move, I have to be still. If I ever want to see the grace of God in action, I have to be still. My pastor, you know, uh, taught us, you know, told us this, that look, as long as you are still relying on human strength, God will just sit still and be watching you. It is as if one person has to sit, sit, uh, sit still. It's either God waits for you to exhaust your human strength and then he will step in or you will just choose to Tell God that I don't have any human strength anymore. Be still and then God will move. But God does this. I have learned by experience. I have learned in my own work with him that God does this so that no one will share his glory. So I am saying to someone this morning, be still and know that he is God. Be still and know that he is God. Cease from your struggle. Cease from your struggle in that marriage. Be still and know that God is able to watch over that home. Hallelujah. Verse 11 says, The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. I'm telling you, God, the God of Israel is our fortress. A fortress, you know, is a place of safety. A fortress is a place of protection. A fortress is a place where you know you can hide and the enemy will not be able to touch you. God is that fortress. He is the place you can hide and not one single enemy will be able to touch you. Hallelujah. All right, let's go on to Psalm 47. Psalm 47, still written, yes, by the descendants, the sons of Korah. This is for the choir director. And this psalm is saying that God is still king no matter what. Yes, praise him because God is still king. I'm telling you, many times we are going through situations that make you feel as if God, ah, maybe God is no longer on his throne. Maybe, ah, maybe, 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 maybe. But I'm saying to someone, and this psalm is saying to you this morning, that God is king no matter what, okay? When the earth will come to an end, when our time in this world, the time of humans in this present world will come to an end, God will remain king. He was before time begun, and he will still be after time has finished. He is almighty God. Let's read from verse 1. It says, Come, everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joyful praise. Yes, I have, I have, I know of a particular song that was written from that, that verse alone. It says, Come, everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with joy, with joyful praise. It says, For the Lord most high is awesome. 
he is the great king of all of all the earth did you hear that god is the king the great king of all the earth god gives the devil permission to be able to do things but god is still king of all the earth don't allow your situation lie to you i've seen people say ah pastor you don't know ah, the, the yorubas have a word they say ah aye mm, yes pastor they are powerful god is still king god is still king however powerful the devil is it is up to the extent that god allows him remember we saw that in the in the accounts of the of, of job right yes the devil will not overstep his boundary because god is still king the devil cannot touch you unless god allows allows him and i'm telling you in the new testament this is not even that easy why because you and i have an advocate with the father so it is not possible for the devil to just come and say and ask for you hmm, your advocate is right there pleading your your case at warning you beforehand uh, this is about to happen yes i have tasted it many times verse 3 says that he subdues the nations before us putting our enemies beneath our feet he chose the promised land as our inheritance the proud possession of jacob's descendants whom he loves god has ascended with a mighty shout the lord has ascended with trumpets blaring sing praises to god sing praises sing praises to our king sing praises for god is is the king over all the earth Praise Him with a psalm. You can praise God with a psalm. You can praise God with a song. You can praise God with your with your whole life. I'm telling you, when you you trust in God, when human human wisdom and human understanding says that you should not, I'm telling you, you are praising the Lord. Since for God is the King over all the earth. Verse seven. Praise Him with a psalm. God reigns above the nations, sitting on His holy throne. The rulers of the world have gathered together with the people of the God of Abraham. For all the kings of the earth belong to God. He is highly honored everywhere. Yes, so God is honored everywhere. If God speaks, so everything stands at attention. That is the God that you serve. And I want you to be confident. Be confident in your in your father. Being confident in what he can do. I'm telling you, he can do beyond what any human being can do. Any power existing anywhere can do. He is almighty God. And God will bless us in the mighty name of Jesus. Alright, let's move on to Psalm 48. You know, this psalm says that God defends and watches over us. Okay? We are like a city that God watches over. And I want you to, you know, to be rest assured this uh, this morning. I once shared with us that, look, each one of us have our own angels that watch over us. Actually, those angels have been watching over us since when we were little kids. Yes, your angel has been watching, has been watching over you. But I'm telling you, God defends you and God watches over you. Psalm 48 says that uh, this is a song, a psalm of the descendants of Korah. It says that how great is the Lord 
how deserving of praise in the city of our God, who sits on his holy mountain. Yes, he sits on, the, on his holy mountain. Two says, it is high and magnificent. The whole earth rejoices to see it. Man Zion, the holy mountain, is the city of the great king. God, I'm sure, of course, you know that uh, <laughs> there is a song from there. Also, immediately, God Himself is in Jerusalem's towers, revealing Himself as a defender. Okay, God is in Jerusalem's tower. Okay, God is in you. He reveals Himself as your defender. I don't know. Many times we have had this discussion with my wife you know how can you be sure how can you be sure you know that god will be there how can you be sure that god will defend you i can tell you if god ever allows anything to happen it is because god knows that you have it within you the bible says that god will not allow us to be tempted above what we can bear but he will through the temptation make a way of escape for for us so that we can glorify his name but i i, I remember once i told her that if i as wicked as i am and of course she will agree with me that at times when as a human being, you can class me as wicked. Yes, if I, as wicked as I am, I won't do that to my own children. Ha <laughs> How much more your God that you know is ever loving. He will never allow that to happen to you. So be rest assured this morning. Put your trust. Put your hope in God. Verse 4 says, The kings of the earth joined forces and advanced against the city. So this is talking about the city of Jerusalem. So I'm sure the Levites in that time are looking at all the things as armies surround the city of Jerusalem. And with that challenge, they were writing a psalm. That's the lessons I want us to learn, you know, from some of these psalms. They were going through difficulties. They were not complaining. They were not afraid. They were penning down psalms to God. Wow. It says the kings of the earth joined forces and advanced against the city. But when they saw it, they were stunned. They were terrified and ran away. They were gripped with terror and writhed in, uh, in pain like a woman in labor. You destroyed them like the mighty ships of Tarshish are shattered by a powerful east wind. We had heard of the city's glory, but now we have seen it ourselves. The city of the Lord of Heaven's army. It is the city of our God. He will make it safe forever. God will make you safe forever in the mighty name of Jesus. Scripture says that there is no enchantment. There is no divination. There is no imagination. There is no cause against Israel, against you that will prosper. I pray that that is your portion in the mighty name of Jesus. If it comes from someone's mouth, I declare this morning that it will fail in the mighty name of Jesus. As long as it is not part of God's purpose for your life, and surely it is not part of God's purpose for your life, I declare that it will not stand in the name of Jesus. Verse 9 says, O God, uh, we meditate on your unfailing love as we worship in your temple. When you are worshiping God, uh, please meditate. Meditate on his unfailing love. God's love cannot fail. The love of man can fail. Men might fail you. Men might turn back, you know, from, from supporting you. But God will never fail you. Meditate on that. Just think on that this morning. That God's love is unfailing. 
it will never end. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says, as, you, as your name deserves, O God, you will be praised to the ends of the earth. Your strong right hand is filled with victory. Let the people on Mount Zion rejoice. Let all the towns of Judah be glad because of your justice. I like to read 11 again. It says, let the people of Mount Zion rejoice. Let all the towns of Judah be glad because of your justice. It says, go inspect the city of Jerusalem. Walk around and count the many towers. Uh, take note of the fortified walls and tour all the citadels that you may uh, that you may describe them to future generations. For that is what God is like. He is our God forever and ever, and He will guide us until we die. Sometimes I tell people that look, pay attention to the seats, you know, to the to the things that God has done. It is so easy for human human emotion to think that ah, God has not been with us. But if you pay attention to the many testimonies God has given you, you will see that God has been good. Hallelujah. Alright, let's take Psalm 49. Psalm 49, the psalmist is asking here, why should I fear when trouble comes? When I know that I have God, why should I be afraid? And I'm saying to someone this morning, why are you afraid? You have God. You have Jesus with you. Why are you afraid? Why are you terrified by dreams in the night? You say you have Jesus. Why are you afraid? He says, verse 1, listen to this, all you people. Pay attention, everyone in the world. I and low, rich and poor, listen. For my words are wise and my thoughts are filled with insight. I listen carefully to many proverbs and solve riddles with inspiration from a harp. Why should I fear when trouble comes? When enemies surround me, why? Why should I fear? I can't fear. Why? Because I know that the people that are with me are more than the people uh, that are with them. Yes, that prophet said, God opened his eyes. And when God opened the eyes of that servant, he saw that the mountainside were filled with, with chariots, armies, okay? Uh, angels ready to protect them. I'm telling you, you have the same thing. The same thing. So why should I fear when trouble comes? When enemies surround me, they trust in their wealth and boast of great riches. Uh, yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily. Easily, for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. Yes, so nobody can pay. Uh, you can't pay to live to live forever. You know it does not. It does not happen. Eventually, all of our times here will end. Verse ten says, "Those who are wise must finally die, just like the foolish and senseless, leaving all their wealth behind. The grave is their eternal home, where they will stay forever. They may name their estates after themselves, but their their fame will not last. They will die just like animals." This is the fate of fools, though they are remembered as being wise. Like sheep, they are led to the grave, where death will be the shepherd. In the morning, the godly will rule over them. Their bodies will rot in the grave, far from their grand estate. But as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. Don't be afraid, child of God. Don't be afraid of death. 
I know that some of us, hey, you don't want to die. You want to live forever. But sadly, none of us will live forever. But I can reassure you this morning, even though I have not seen it, oh, yes, I have not seen it. So some of these things is our work by faith. But what the Bible describes to us, heaven is a beautiful place. And I'm telling you, if you close your eyes in death, you are going to be with your father in heaven. There is nothing to, to be afraid of. You are going to be with him, you know, enjoying your fellowship with him. There is nothing to be afraid of. Verse 16 says, So don't be dismayed when the wicked grow rich and their homes become ever more splendid. For when they die, they take nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them into the grave. <laughs> you agree with me, right? The Bible says we came into this world empty and dead. And it is certain that we will, we will leave this world empty-handed. Some of us have, will live naked, okay? Since for when they die, they take nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them into the grave. In this life, they consider themselves fortunate and are applauded uh, for their success. But they will die like all before them and never again see the light of day. People who boast of their wealth don't understand. They will die just like animals. For also... Our trust is in God, not in our riches. So I'm encouraging someone this morning, put your trust, put your hope in God, and the Lord will defend you. The Lord will give you confidence in your heart, and you will not be afraid in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. All right, let's take Psalm 50. Psalm 50 is written by Asaph, of course, Asaph for me. Um, after David has to be one of the most powerful worshippers or, or, or psalmists or Levites in the Bible. Okay, alright? So let's read Psalm 50 and then we'll finish here today. It says that the Lord, the Mighty One, is God. Okay, so this psalm, what this psalm would do is try and contrast between good and evil, between the truth and falsehood. Okay, you can, you can stay on the side of truth. You can stay on the side of God. I'm telling someone this morning. It says the Lord, the mighty one, is God and he has spoken. He has summoned all humanity from where the sun rises to where it sets. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. So yes, I have a song on that also. From Mount Zion, the perfection of beauty, God shines in glorious radiance. Our God approaches and he is not silent. Fire devours everything in his way and a great storm rages around him. He calls on the heavens above and earth below to witness the judgment of his people. Uh, bring my faithful people to me are uh, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifice. Since then, the, then let the heavens proclaim his justice for God himself will be the judge. I'm telling you, verse 5 used to be one of the most, I know, the Psalms, I, the verses I used to quote the most while I was back then in school. And my mentors, you know, he says, bring my faithful people, my faithful servants to me. He says, those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifice. So they made a covenant with God by giving sacrifice. We entered into a covenant with God 
by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. He says, bring them to me. Let them come into my presence. You see, by reason of the finished work of Jesus on that cross, uh, you are not far from God. You are right there in the presence of God. He says, bring them, bring them to me. Those who made a covenant with me by giving sacrifice. He says, then let the heavens proclaim its justice for God himself will be the judge. Oh, my people, listen as I speak. Here, here are my charges against you, O Israel. I am God, your God. I have no complaints about your sacrifices or the burnt offerings you constantly offer. But I do not need the bulls from your bands or the goats from your pens. Obviously, he made them anyway. So why would he, why would he need them? He says, I don't need, I don't need them. He says, for all the animals of the forest are mine. And I own the cattle on the thousand hills. The cattle on the thousand hills belongs to your father. It belongs to God. He does not need that. What he needs is the human heart. One heart or one person's heart is more than a million, a million sacrifices. I, I'm telling you, this is, and I own the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird in the mountains and all the animals of the fields are mine, of the field and mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for all the world is mine and everything is in it. Do I eat the meat of bulls? God is comparing truth and, and, and falsehood. Because there are those who will lie to you, who will tell you that you need to carry sacrifices to one, to one junction somewhere, and that by carrying that sacrifices, that is when God will hear you. Some people will tell you that you need to go and climb one mountain somewhere and then pray on that mountain and that is where God will hear you. God does not need all of those things. He created them. Did you hear me this morning? He created all of those things. He does not need them. What he needs, you will hear eventually at the end of this psalm, it's your heart. He says, do I eat the meat of bulls? Do I drink the blood of goats? He <laughs> says, make thankfulness your sacrifice to God. And keep the vows you made to the Most High. That is what is important to God. Then call on me when you are in trouble, and I will rescue you. And you will and you will give me glory. But God says to the wicked, hmm, Why bother reciting my decrees and pretending to obey my covenant? For you refuse my discipline and treat my words like trash. When you see thieves, you approve of them and you spend your time with adulterers. Your mouth is filled with wickedness and your tongue is full of lies. You sit around, the sl- you sit around and slander your brothers, your own mother's son. While you did all this, I remained silent and you thought I didn't care. But now I will rebuke you. Uh, listing all your charges against you. Repent, all of you who forget me, or I will tear you apart, and no one will help you. But giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors me. If you keep to my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Did you see that secret right there in verse 23? It says that but giving thanks is a sacrifice that truly honors God. And that is where we are going to end today, by giving thanks to God. 
giving thanks oh, is a sacrifice that truly honors God. Giving thanks when it does not look like, okay, you should be giving thanks. Giving thanks when it feels literally as if gravels are in your mouth, sand and in your mouth, because it does not make sense. Why should I thank God when everything is not working? But I say to somebody, give thanks to God this morning. It is a sacrifice that truly honors God. Can we just go ahead and begin to thank God? Lord, I thank you for today. Thank God for everything in your life. Thank God for the blessings he has given you. Thank God for the challenges. Lord, I thank you for the many breakthroughs. I thank you for a family. I thank you for children. I thank you for my, for my wife. I thank you for the blessing of sharing with your people this morning. I thank you for the blessing of knowing you, Jesus. I thank you for the blessing of being able to call you God. I thank you for the blessing of a roof over my head. I thank you for the blessing and the gift of life. Lord, that I'm able to move my hands this morning. I can move my legs this morning. I can open my eyes and see with it. Lord, I do not take it for granted. Will someone go ahead and thank God? Don't take it for granted. Hey, Lord, we say thank you this morning. Ah, above everything, you know, above all the blessings that you have given us, Lord, we say thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the blood shed on the cross of Calvary that makes it possible for us to do this this morning. Lord, we do not take it for granted. Jesus, we say thank you. Thank you for seeing that we are precious enough to die for. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. Father, thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.